Hey there, my name's Chris Rivers, and I want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. In each episode, I explore leadership strategies that increase your capacity and effectiveness with people. During each show, I interview thought leaders, hear their leadership stories, and discuss ways to become better problem solvers and people developers. Visit culturebus.cc to access additional tools focused on each episode so you can create forward movement with your team. Okay, let's dive into today's show. Nick, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. Chris, so excited to finally be here with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I'm excited too. Hey, well, why don't you just jump in and tell us a little bit about where you're located in the world and, and what you do during the week? Thanks. I am located in beautiful Glenville, North Carolina, where I'm the director of Deerfoot Lodge Blue Ridge. Deerfoot Lodge is a Christian wilderness boys camp started in uh, the Adirondacks of New York in the 1930s, and we just opened our second location um, down here in North Carolina, and I am the director. I helped build the new camp, and last summer was our first summer, and it was exciting, and we're getting ready for summer two coming up. Yeah, and I got to see some of that, and I've gotten to have a little sweat and tears with you, man. It's been an exciting journey, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of blood in there too, maybe. Um, <laughs> you have. Um, the yeah. whole Rivers family has gotten to put some sweat equity into Deerfoot Lodge Blue Ridge, and we, we've loved having you guys be a part of it. Yeah, well, man, there is rich history in Deerfoot. Could you maybe give us a little bit of that history? Right, so Deerfoot started in the 1930s, and Dad Coons, who is our founder, uh, Alfred Coons, was really wanting to find a place in the 1930s. He was talking about culture, leaving our boys behind. Hmm. Um, if you read some of his diary back then, it sounds like something that, you know, somebody leading like a boys culture podcast would be talking about today in yeah. 2020. Um, so he was really far ahead of his time, not really knowing. But, you know, that's also a good indicator to us to say that these some of these issues aren't new and we've seen them coming for a while. Yeah. So if we're, if we're Quitting our eyes and looking at boys today and say, man, I think there's something going on there. No, like alarm bells should be going off. You know, people were squinting their eyes in the 30s and it's, it's come to life and we're living that today of the way society is not really speaking to the needs of boys anymore um, and leaving them behind. And we feel like Deerfoot hits right at the heart of that. And so 1930s, he has this dream to build godly men. And over the years, could you just kind of walk us through what has happened yeah, well, I mean, I can speak on that directly and, and point to myself. I am a Deerfoot product. I went to started going to Deerfoot Lodge when I was nine years old. My household was, faith was not talked about um, at all. And it's where I came to know the Lord. The best way that we bring boys to a relationship with Christ is we meet them where they are. And we let this awesome, beautiful creation that we're surrounded in speak. And that, that's a part of Deerfoot in New York and in North Carolina. Is, is really just getting them there. And then just God does a great work. And when, when boys are out in creation, the way they, they connect there, they don't any other way. And so in this day and age, when you have all this technology and all this stuff and all this structure, even more than the technology, just the way a boy's life is so structured this day, in this day and age, to be able to come to a place where they can unplug, which they want to do, right? I think it's a fallacy that our boys want to be plugged in all the time. They don't, they just need help. So when they finally get that help and they can unplug and then all sorts of not only their head, but their heart open up in a way that, that don't, there's so much study on the brain, right? And, and way the brain develops and we can talk about modern pedagogy and 
Pagian's theory on social development and, and intellectual development in, in a child's brain and when certain areas of their brain open up as they develop and mature, you know, I think we should have the same thing about the heart and how a boy's heart opens up and a child's heart opens up at different times. Hmm. And, and Deerfoot's right there to speak into that when a boy's heart is really starting to ask questions that he has an authentic place, a good place to have those answered. Because if he doesn't get them answered at a place like Deerfoot, he's going to become a man and he's going to answer them in the only other place where boys become men and that's college campuses. And we're yeah. seeing how that's failing in spectacular ways. So, so the mission of Deerfoot Lodge is to build godly men in a Christ-centered community through wilderness camping. Our campers start at nine, so they're nine to 16 of the campers. Uh, 17-year-olds are kind of our counselor and training program, and then our yeah. counselors are anywhere from 18 to 25, um, even a little older. And then we have guys in the kitchen. I'm in that. I'm a godly man, so the executive director is, is in the board is, is building me. And I am building them, and when guys come like you to volunteer, we believe that, that we have – responsibility is our mission to build into you so it's not just uh yeah we only build godly men from june uh to august in the ages of 9 to 16. no uh, we build godly men um year round wherever that opportunity is whether it be a work weekend a log cabin building seminar uh, when i visit college campuses or of course at our at our camp in the summer so Deerfoot is growing. A couple years ago, you guys found a problem, and that is what created really the transition that you had. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that um, problem and the transition that yeah. you even made? So, look, boys are in trouble. A few years ago, I think we could have said that anecdotally. Uh, Alfred Coons was saying that back in the 1930s, but the data is now in, and the data from every societal indicator shows that boys are in decline. Hmm. So, so that's what's in decline is boys' performance. What's on the rise? Well, what's on the rise is isolation, loneliness, depression, anxiety. Probably the one that, that is scaring us the most and should be is suicide. Mm. Those rates are skyrocketing. We are in crisis. But it doesn't have to be this way. Deerfoot lays the foundation in the boy's life to help him grow in important ways. When boys can be set apart from their media and from their electronics, from their, from their devices, and boys can experience wilderness together in all of its beauty, as well as in the as well as being part of like these growth producing challenges. These challenges are an important part. It's not keeping challenges away from them, but exposing them to challenge. Mm-hmm. That we find a two week session at Deerfoot can initiate a change in the trajectory of a boy's life forever. It mm-hmm. did for me. Just two weeks can radically change a boy's life. So as we link arms with brothers who share the walk of faith to push in the challenges. He comes to know God in a deep and life-changing way. Responding to the needs of boys today, as well as the wait list that, that averages about 150 boys over the past uh, decade, we've had this long wait list. Uh, we feel compelled to do more to reach boys with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, Nick, just to back up, like how many, how many young men do you guys have on average come or were coming to the Adirondacks in a summer? In the summer, on average, we had about six. 600 to 650 boys um, okay. come through camp for so, two-week sessions and a couple little other programs. Yeah, and so a couple years ago, you're, you just referenced this wait list. So the wait list is growing and growing, right? So I just wanted to catch our listeners up just to help them understand the numbers. Yeah, so over the years, so we had almost a full session of boys on the wait list. We, we'd end the summer with 150 boys 
that signed up. They wanted to come to Deerfoot. They wanted that experience. And so Deerfoot is not, as I said before, like Deerfoot's not an entertainment or an amusement camp, which is boys come and do everything. We got a big blob and it's just, it's just amusement the whole time. Deerfoot's challenge. And we don't shy away from that. We don't soft sell that in the advertising. Like you come to mm-hmm. Deerfoot, you're going to be stretched. You're going to be challenged and you're going to grow. Yeah. And we have boys like, yes, I want that. Right. And isn't that exciting and encouraging that so many boys, like, like we think like, no, boys just want to go play so they can have fun. Well, yes, yeah, some, but there's also this whole other set of boys that are looking for challenge. Yeah. So, so to say no to all those boys to say, sorry, I know you want to come to this place and there's really few other places like it, but sorry, we don't have room. Try again next year. And they yeah. do. And then they don't get in again. And it's try again next year. Mm. We just couldn't sit idle with that. The other big driver was the board of directors read a book called Guyland. Okay. Which talks about uh, the subtitle is the, the precarious world where boys become men. And it's a kind of an, an R rated book about life on college campuses today. So it's, it's kind of that thing. And when the board read that and say, Hey, either boys are going to become men at Deerfoot, or as I said earlier, boys are going to become men with the first time they're exposed to risk is in the, is in the college and in a, is in a fraternity house. Mm-hmm. We want them to be exposed to Deerfoot first so they know how to act when they're actually a man. Yeah. So you guys saw this need and you decided Blue Ridge was a next step. Yep. You know, we, we weren't quite sure what we, we had this huge, awesome land. And I think what, again, most camps looked at us and said, well, that's an easy, you guys got this awesome land. You know, we just build a bigger dining hall, build more cabins and you're done. Like, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. But that changes the camp then. Yeah. Right. That would change fundamentally who we are, we think. So we said, all right, well, let's, let's replicate. We have this great thing. It's obviously working. Something we're doing right is reaching people. So let's replicate this. And though that's going to be a lot of work for us and it's going to cost a lot more money, um, let's see if we can do it. And the initial response from, from some people was like, no, we have this special thing up in the Adirondacks. It's like kind of like a Fabergé egg, man. Don't just keep it protected. Yeah. Um, you know, I got this right. It's the light. It's the candlelight analogy, right? I got my candle lit, man. Now protect it. So <laughs> the window blow it out. You know, you got it. Got to protect it. Yeah. And that's what, where we were. We had to be honest with ourselves and say, no, I think God's calling us to do more. And I feel like his hand has, has really been in this development of this second camp. I see it every day as I live it out down here, building this new camp, just mm. ways that God has showed up. So 2019 was your first summer really just doing it. Yeah, man. So parents were, were driving down the road in June, dropping off their boys for the first summer. And we were still had a hammer and nails in hand as they're they're coming in. Like we were wrapping things up at the very last minute, getting things ready to go. It was a heavy lift to try to get everything ready. And we did. And it was a great summer. And the minute counselors coming in and, and telling me about the questions and the conversations they're having with boys, uh, that are moving me to tears that the mission's really happening and the culture is really being transferred from New York to North Carolina and more boys are getting this quintessential deer foot experience and they're loving it and they're embracing it. And guys that campers that went to the camp in New York and now came down to try out the camp in North Carolina said, this is Deerfoot." Like that was the biggest endorsement I could get, not from the board members saying, great job, Nick, or the executive director saying, good job, we did it, but have those campers to say, this is Deerfoot. Yeah. That's awesome. And because what they say about this is Deerfoot, I know it's hard for the listeners to get a sense of that, but what that, that means, you know, is that 
the Holy Spirit that work here and they're connecting to God in a way at camp that they don't connect with him any other time. And that's not because they have awesome youth groups. They have awesome churches and awesome family life. It's just something about two weeks removed, set apart, focused, where you can get intense times of play and intense times of worship and intense times of just being quiet and being still that Lord speaks to us in those times. He doesn't any other. Yeah. Um, and I'm so thankful to be a part of that. And it, it happened. It worked. It transferred. Yeah. Well, it was a great opportunity to just see a little bit of that this past summer. And I just congratulate you and just all of the counselors for just a great season. I was hoping that you could just share with us a leadership tip that you think would be critical for us as leaders to implement in our day-to-day and, and why. Sure. Um, yeah, we didn't get into my background well, before I became a camp director. I did 20 years in the Army, uh, went to Ranger School, and then uh, went and earned the Green Beret. So I was leading Special Forces A teams in Iraq in Afghanistan, and it was a great time. I served with incredible men, um, far greater than me, and I'm so thankful that I got that experience of being able to serve with those awesome Americans. And one thing that I learned from that experience that certainly that transfers and that I talk to the counselors a lot about is the great lesson I take from Peter when Jesus was asking the disciples, you know, who do you say that I am? And here Peter with this mouth that is often shooting off and (laughs) getting him in trouble and will many times more, but that also his, his tongue that is used to save hunters at Pentecost, he, he gets it right. And he says, you are the Messiah, you are the son of the risen God. And once Peter knows who he knows who God is and who he is in Christ, then he knows who he is. And Peter never tried to be anybody than he wasn't. He never tried to be like Paul and tried to get super intellectual, think he was obviously an incredibly gifted and, and smart man, but he was authentic to who he was. And Paul, for his right, did, was the same way. You see that as well. Um, yeah. He was authentic to who he was. He wasn't joining these guys trying to be Peter. Uh, he yeah. was going to be true to who he was. And I think so much in leadership in this day and age is following books and following a script of who we think we're supposed to be as a leader. And that is what I call easy leadership right? Anybody can come in and just be the loud guy. If you're, you're tasked to be in a leadership position or you find yourself in a leadership position, look, it can be a little bit of a useful crutch. I'm not using that in a bad way, like in a good way. Yeah. Like it can be a crutch. Like I'm in this leadership position. I don't know what to do. All right, I'm going to be present because presence is effect, right? That's a good military term. Presence is effect, right? I got to be present. I got to lead from the front. I got to take charge. You know, if there's a, if there's a void, if there's a vacuum of leadership, like I'm going to fill that. But at some point, that might not be who you are. And you could conceivably, there might be a part of you, you could lead from a stronger position if you're really asking yourself, like, who am I? Who am I as a leader? Am I that really out front person, in charge type, take take the bull by the horn? Look, to be a leader, you have to do that sometimes. But I'd encourage the listener and I encourage my staff to go deeper. Don't try to be somebody you're not. And I think that's so important in this day and age, especially as we try to lead the next generation of, you know, millennials and iGens as they fall under our leadership of boomers and Gen Xers. Look, they have a, a, a respect for authenticity that we can't even begin to appreciate. When I grew up and look at the newspaper, what was printed in the newspaper was real. If it was a picture in the newspaper, that was real. And now they grow up where where videos even have fake faces put on them, right? Everything's fake. Everything's suspicious. Every post is is fake news or every, you know, and they look at the world that way. And they may be looking at you as their leader that way. 
what they want is not to take the bull by the horns kind of guy. They, they're looking for authentic leadership. Mm. And I think if we lead from a sense of being our true selves, we can serve ourselves better and we can serve those who want leadership better. How does this play out at Deerfoot? How do you help counselors? How do you help guys kind of embrace that? You know, a lot of people look at me and they see my resume, right? And they think Rambo because it looks like that. And then they meet me and they're unstable. because They're like, wait, I was expecting you to be this hard charging rough guy. And you're actually like really laid back, like almost I'm uncomfortable with how laid back and chill you are. <laughs> you uh, are a little, you are laid back, Nick. You are. I try to be. I mean, it's because it's who I am. And if I try to be somebody that I thought I was supposed to be, well, I'm a Green Beret. So I'm supposed to be this really intense, stare you down, super you know, motivated individual. That's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. And if I tried to lead from that way, I, I wouldn't be as effective as a leader if I could be. So I have found and I've developed over the years by trying to be true to myself a much stronger way to lead by being true to myself and in leading using those strengths of being laid back to lead. Uh, I can go to one of the first times I was going to kick in a door in Iraq. And yeah, I was scared and shaky and under the surface, I was a mess. But I had a team of 12 steely-eyed, barrel-chested Green Berets that I was going through this door with. And what they needed at that point was not a scared, shaky, um, young captain, they needed somebody that was just going to lead from, from who they really were and who I was, was all right, call the breach forward, breach forward, breach now, calling back to command, radio in. All right, we're through. We're in the first room. First room's cleared. What's the overhead like? Who's coming out the back door? And just talking like this, like I'm having a conversation as I'm talking to my guys on the radio and walk through the house with them. You know, that's really who I was. And if I try to be like, all right, let's get amped up guys. Let's go. That's, that's not where I needed them to be either. And that's not who I was. Um, And as that transfers to Deerfoot, I really encourage them to be who they are at their self, who Christ has called them to be and why they think they're here at Deerfoot. We get guys from all different kind of all over the spectrum, really quiet guys, B type personalities who are soft that can lead really well at Deerfoot and guys that are hard chargers that are always out front, that love to be in leadership positions, and they can be really successful too. There isn't one set personality that I think makes somebody a better or worse leader. What most people think is that, oh, I got to be a type A personality. I got to be super extroverted to be a good leader. And that's not been my experience. Hmm. Um, You know, I think some introverts make exceptional leaders because they have that ability. They can step back and have some time to really reflect and think and kind of plot the next move instead of always looking out and always trying to be in there with people and not taking those, those times to invest individually. And that's one of the things we focus on with, at Deerfoot is one-on-one time, both the counselors to the campers and the staff with one another and myself with the staff is that focused attention. So introverts can really give, they might not be good in a group, but some of those kind of B-type personalities in a one-on-one situation they can really pour in and be tense and intentional and invest in the life of a camper or another staff member. And what is that? That sounds a lot like leadership to me. Yeah. Being really invested in your people and, and really understanding who they are and being able to speak to their needs. 
Yes. So during these one-on-one times that you have with your counselors and your leaders, what are some of the things that you're dialoguing around that are helping them see some, you know, just to be their true self and, and not anything else? This is not it's one thing that I can just tell them and then be done, right? Oh, hey, you know, I see you're struggling a little bit in your leadership style. You should be your true self and then walk, right? These are just yeah. kind of seed planning. This is some, sure. this is some really heavy lifting. And mm-hmm. it, it, look, it, take, it took me almost 20 years to come to this conclusion. And there were many years when I first started off in the Army where I was that kind of, I thought I was, I was playing a role more than I was being who I was um, mm-hmm. as I was kind of f- trying to figure out my leadership style. So they have to understand that there's a process here to lead. They're not, they haven't arrived, no matter how much they think they're a great leader at 20 years old. It's, it's a process, right? And I'm still in that process myself at 45. Sure. Um, and I will be pretty much forever, right? As we continue to be perfected in Christ as well. It's never done. I'm an unfinished work. Mm. Um, and so we, we talk about that a lot, but just, the sooner you recognize that, I think, and that's what I try to get those guys to do is to, is to hear that because they don't even hear it. Hey, if you're introverted, if you're B type, you know, if you don't love being in big groups of people, if you're not comfortable up on the stage, you can still be a great leader, right? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's saying that? Um, they don't hear that very often. So I think just that, just planting that seed alone gets some of those guys thinking and some of the guys maybe who, who aren't awesome on stage that know that that sometimes is though an important part of leadership, right? To be out front. So how do I, how do I push myself to be there? How can I do that for my people? They need me. They need me to step up right now. Well, I I really appreciated this time, Nick. Deerfoot is just a, is a blessing to me as a father and Rachel would say the same thing. I mean, she, it's been such a blessing for her. It has been rewarding to be a part of Deerfoot and I'm just really grateful for your leadership, you and Chief Ron and just the rest of your staff. I mean, you guys are just a great group of guys and I'm grateful for you. So thanks for all that you guys do and thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you, Chris. And thanks again for your family and all that you mean to Deerfoot. I appreciate your support and your prayers for us throughout the years. And um, I'll see you at camp in a few weeks. Well, as we finish today's episode, I want to thank you for joining us. As we close, I want to mention an opportunity that I'm providing leaders for 2020. I'm a huge advocate of side projects, of taking an idea and building it and launching it to see what happens. Because you never know what it could become until you get it out of your head and into the world. So one of my goals for 2020 is to help leaders build and launch their ideas. So if you have something you've always wanted to do or make but just haven't, I'd love to hear what you're struggling with and how I could help you launch your side project. To get started, you can visit culturebustools.cc forward slash side project or check out the show notes for more information. All right, see you next time on the Culture Bus Tools podcast.